let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we sit under your word, we pray that you would shape us and mould us and conform us into the image of your Son. We will be built up in our most holy faith. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. We could have read our Bibles open at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. I wonder what you consider in life to be the things that are most precious to you. It surely can't be those things that are everyday common items. But it must surely be those things that are unique, one of a kind, there is nothing else like them. That's what preciousness means. And as we just read, the word precious is used quite a few times in the Apostle Peter's letters. Out of the 18 times that the word is used in the New Testament, seven of these are found in First and Second Peter. And each one of them tells us, tells us that Jesus is precious. He is most dear. He is unique. He is one of a kind. He is beloved and he is cherished. Now the people to whom Peter were writing were under persecution and being marginalised for their beliefs. Some of them seem to have been tempted to give up altogether. What's the medicine that Peter gives them? The medicine is to dwell upon the excellencies of Jesus Christ. The medicine is a person, Jesus. And that's my prayer tonight, that as we consider Jesus, our hearts and our minds would be lifted to the mercy seat where Jesus answers prayer and our burdens borne by him and we would unite as one to praise our God. Our consideration tonight is Jesus Christ is precious and if you take nothing else away, remember that, that Jesus Christ is precious. And in looking at this theme, we're going to go through the passage and use three verses, the verses that talk about Christ's preciousness, to see if we can unpack this a little bit. The first of these verses is verse 4. Is verse 4. And it tells us that Jesus Christ is precious to God the Father. Jesus is precious to God the Father. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God, And precious to him. Precious to him. This verse tells us two things about Jesus and the Father. The Father chose Jesus and he is precious to him. Jesus is the chosen of the Father. That in all eternity, before the world was even created, Jesus, along with the Holy Spirit and the Father, had this great plan that Jesus would be the cornerstone of the church. Jesus is selected to be not only the foundation stone upon which the church is built, but also the cornerstone whose job it is to unite the different parts of a building together. That's what a cornerstone does. We can often see those dedication stones on the side of buildings. You know, it tells you who laid the stone. It draws everything together and all the weight of the building is put there. And this is the picture we have of Jesus. He holds the church together. Jesus Christ, because he has been chosen for this purpose by God, performs this job perfectly and absolutely. 
He alone joins us all together as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's Christ that we have in common if you're a believer here tonight. He is what we have in common. Despite so many of our differences, and even if we belong to different denominations perhaps, we're still one in Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of the kingdom. And because he is the one who cements the church together, with every believer being a stone in that building of the church, he is precious to the Father. Jesus is precious to his Father. And when we dwell on that theme and think that Jesus came to die in Calvary, the precious of the Father, it should cause us to marvel at who Jesus is. And in verse 6, we also read that Jesus was precious For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. This is quoting the Old Testament. And we have Old and New Testaments here testifying as one that Jesus Christ is precious. The whole Bible tells us that. Because Jesus has come to do the will of the Father. That a people would be prepared to worship God eternally. That is why it says, as we come to him, the living stone, we also are being made into stones in this spiritual house. And the phrase there, as we come to him, it's actually got the sense of a continuous action. As we keep on coming to him. Hence the importance for our daily devotions before God. And why should we keep on coming to Jesus? Why? Because he's the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God the Father. He's precious to the Father because by his sacrifice on Calvary, he has brought many children home. He has brought brothers and sisters to be perfected in him. But Christ of all remains precious to God. As the one and only true begotten son of God. And we remember that Jesus is the great high priest. And he's completed salvation. By offering not the blood of a a goat or a bull. But he offered his own blood. That's why it says back in 1 Peter chapter 1. We are saved not by the empty way of things. But we are saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that means salvation is complete and total because it was purchased by Christ, the precious one of God the Father. As one of the old Sunday school choruses puts it, he's the one who has done everything. He's the one who's most special to God. God gave the best gift he could possibly give that we might be set free. The best thing that he had to offer. But Jesus has completed salvation's work But he also has an unfinished work. And that work is that he sits interceding before God the Father on our behalf. When a believer prays, Jesus immediately says, Father, here is the brother or sister whom you have given me. On the other hand, here is the prayer perfected before you. Is that not a marvel? That when you're praying and maybe you're stumbling over your words... You have that confidence that Jesus presents that prayer perfect before God. That's what kind of saviour we have. 
That's who Jesus is. This is staggering, isn't it? And even when we are struggling in life and we find that we don't have the words or we can't pray, Jesus Christ prays on on our behalf. He's always interceding before the throne. He's precious of the Father because he takes those whom God loves and draws them into the Father's presence, presents them holy, and he turns enemies of God into those who will forever declare that Jesus Christ is precious. Now Jesus is not just precious to the Father because of what he's done, his work. Do you remember when, when Jesus stood in the Jordan and was baptised by John the Baptist? The heavens opened and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And the Father declares, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's what God the Father said of Jesus. The Holy Spirit and the Father were saying that Jesus Christ is unique. He is the Saviour. Now this should make us think. Because at that time, Jesus had never preached a sermon. He had never fulfilled God's great plan of salvation yet. And yet the Father describes him as the one with whom he is well pleased already. You see, Jesus is precious to the Father and Spirit because he is Jesus. Because he is Jesus. God's love for Jesus is not undeserved like his love is for us. But Jesus has a merited love. For he was in the blessed sweet communion with the Father and the Spirit. And that eternal bond of love. And the word here for love is be loved. It's a deep rooted love. It's not just a little love. It's the whole package of love that the Father has for Christ. One commentator says that the love the Father has for the Son is as big as the heart of God itself. And Jesus is also the Father's mighty champion, isn't he? Jesus is the one who leads the charge head on against Satan and the powers of hell. Most generals will command from behind the battle lines, safely away from the battlefront. But Christ, the captain of salvation, marches ahead of his troops. And all the powers and principalities bow. They bow as Christ marches on. He could have commanded his archangels to lead the assault. But he doesn't do it. God comes down to this world and he leads the charge head on. He leads the charge head on. And upon Calvary's cross, Satan is bound. And the beloved of the Father ascends back to the Father. Christ was the most precious ransom. That the Father could have given. The most precious. And that's why again in 1 Peter it says. That we are given hope and joy. Because we are not redeemed of something with no value. The Father didn't give something that was less, less precious to him. He gave the most precious thing. That we might be saved. So we can have confidence. Because the word tells us. That the blood of Christ will never spoil. And never fade. Salvation is for eternity. We can have confidence in salvation because we had nothing to do with it. It's all of Jesus Christ. 
But the word goes on to tell us that this chosen and precious one of the Father is rejected by me. It's rejected by me. The jewel in the Father's crown is thrown aside by humanity. Are you rejecting Christ this evening? Have you decided that Jesus isn't precious? Have you decided that he's not for you? And I ask you to think on the words in this text. That Jesus Christ is indeed precious. Think on Christ. The church here is likened to a building. And the builders, the people in the church, are erecting that building. They're building it. But they've been so they've been hastening so much to build the church, perhaps to increase its numbers and or different things. And they have a big gaping hole left in the side of the building. A big hole. They built this big colossal building, but there's a big hole in it. And that's where the cornerstone should be. Jesus Christ. Sometimes the church is so keen to reach out and to do different things and be so busy that she doesn't really pay attention to Jesus Christ whom the church is all about. You ever thought about that? As we read in Psalm 73, who have I in heaven but you? Heaven will only be heaven because God is there. That's what heaven is all about. Jesus is the one that gives the church this building stability, shape and a purpose. And that purpose is that we will be a worshipping community. A community who will forever declare his praises. That's the job of the church. Now in verse 6 we notice at the start it says, see That's what our version says. See, the word is actually behold. The Father is saying to the world, or perhaps even to the church, the one whom you have rejected as of no value is the one who is infinitely precious to me. The one whom you have rejected is infinitely, incomparably, immeasurably precious to me. And I think we need to be careful in the church that As we seek to do the Lord's work, we remember the Lord. We remember him and seek to do it in his strength. Because so often the church can be more influence, sorry, the world can be more influence on the church than what she has in the world. The father says, I sent down my son. You have scorned, ill-treated and crucified him. But he is the one who all my purposes hold together in. He is the one who will be the finishing stone for my house. That gaping hole you've got in your own heart tonight perhaps. Jesus Christ will fit it completely and totally. And you will never hunger or thirst again. Seek Jesus Christ. Oh may God in his mercy fix our eyes on Jesus. And give us even a glimpse Of how precious Jesus is to the Father. Because you know. The answer to every prayer. The answer to all of our deepest desires. And all of our needs. Is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. All of your needs. Jesus will meet.
Jesus is precious to the Father. Well, verse 7 then goes on to tell us that something else about Jesus. He's not only precious to the Father, he's precious to believers. Verse 7. Now to those who believe, this stone, which is Jesus, is precious. If you're a believer tonight, Jesus is precious to you. Jesus is precious to you. But it's for those who believe that find Jesus precious. It's those who have accepted him as their Lord and Saviour. To those whom Jesus has opened their eyes. Who has unstopped their ears to hear his message. Has healed their lameness so that they can walk in his light. And has healed their mute tongues to sing his praises. Those are the people who have accepted Christ's sacrifice. That see him as precious. Can you say here tonight that Christ is precious to you? Is Jesus precious to you tonight? Is Christ precious? In our translation is one rendering of the verse which makes the word precious to be a describing word or an adjective to those who believe this stone is precious. That's an adjective, describing word. But another way of translating it And in the original, in fact, actually, the word precious is a noun. It's a subject. It's not an adjective. And a better rendering would be, the preciousness is for those who believe. Now, do you see what difference that would make? We would have to capitalise the word precious. Because that would be Jesus. That would be Jesus himself. The difference is that Jesus would not be just described as precious. But he would be the sum and the embodiment of preciousness. If God the Father had written a dictionary in heaven. And you looked up the word precious. The definition would be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. If we had all of our earthly precious things put together. Nothing would compare to Christ. Christ's preciousness towers over all other preciousnesses. So this means that Jesus is sufficient to meet all of our needs. And sometimes he has to make us more aware of our needs. More aware of our deep need for him. Before we can ever see him as precious. I'm reminded of a time when I visited an an old saint. Who had walked with the Lord for many years. And after I had read and prayed with them. They said to me. I just want to go home now. They, weren't talk- they were in their own house. They were talking about glory. They were talking about heaven. I just want to go home now. Their eyes were fixed on their precious saviour as they approached glory. Their eyes were fixed. Brothers and sisters, how precious is Christ to us tonight? Is he preciousness itself? When you hear the word precious, If you're playing a word association game, would you immediately say Jesus? Or would you say something else? If if Christ is not growing in preciousness in our eyes, then we need to ask ourselves, how is our prayer life going? How is our prayer life going? How are we spiritually? Christ should be more precious to the believer many years down the line than what he was when you were first saved. It's all about him. 
should be growing in preciousness. He is infinitely precious, but in our own eyes, he should be growing more precious. I have a dear brother in Christ who always asks me every time he sees me, how is your walk with God? Can I ask you the same question tonight? How is your walk with God? Is it a close walk? Or is it a walk that sees God to be very distant and very far away? And then share that burden with someone. Share that burden with someone tonight. And pray for each other. Take time to come before the throne as a brother and a sister. As a brother and a brother. And pray for each other's burdens. This is a practice we should all strive for to be accountable. Because if a Christian's heart is not regularly warmed at the hearth of God's love, we will seek to heat it by the embers of worldliness. Something else will fill God's place in our lives if we're not careful. We need to be growing closer to God every day. Come with me to the throne tonight. Let's bow before our Father and confess that Christ is not precious enough to us. And that our desire is he would be more precious to us. Let's prostrate ourselves before the Father and mourn over our shutting him out of areas of our life and church that we think we've perhaps got sorted. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now so often we treat that verse evangelistically, don't we? Reaching out. But Jesus is actually addressing the church in that verse. He is saying, let me come in. Let me be a part of this. Answer that knock and let precious Jesus into every decision that we make in life. Every desire that we have and then rejoice. As our soul's precious manna fills us deep down with our cup that would overflow with joy. Well, let's allow these thoughts of Christ to pour over our tired and weary souls. Let Jesus melt our pride, quench our judgment, and cement us together as one people coming before our God. How can we know that Christ is ever more precious to us? How can we know that? Well, it's by in every single area of our lives showing that we are in his debt. You might find that strange. Generally, we don't like being in debt, do we? There are many solicitors and debt advice hotlines advising you how to get out of debt. And you can phone up um, and get money transferred into your bank in five or ten minutes. But it's in a relationship with Christ. It's only when we become more his debtors, as it were, depending on him in all things, that we discover truly that he is precious. When we see him as everything and all in all. It is in our weaknesses that we see Jesus as the incomparably precious one. Perhaps we are struggling tonight with this. I know I did as I was preparing this message. I look at other Christians and I grieve over the coldness in my own heart. When you look at Daniel's no compromise. When you look at the three in the fiery furnace declaring to the world that God was precious to them. Then we wonder about our own walks, don't we? But then we look to Jesus Christ. And we know that our mornings wouldn't be mornings without our bright morning star, 
The heat of battle would not be endurable without the captain of our salvation. And our soul would be all the more hungry without feasting upon his word. We can so often fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others when we should be comparing ourselves to Jesus Christ. We need to focus our camera lens on Jesus. It's only when we have got tunnel vision for Christ and him alone that so many things will not get in the way of his preciousness. We've got our eyes fixed on him. I learned recently that the reason why the Border Collie was chosen as a breed to work with sheep is that unlike other breeds who used to chase the sheep and bite their legs and different things, the Border Collie didn't do that. It fixed its eyes on the sheep and by eye contact controlled the sheep. We need to be people who are fixed, not on sheep, but upon Jesus Christ. You also see that a sunflower never stays the same way facing all day. It turns to face the sun. Turns to face the sun. We need to be people who are following Christ. Wherever he is, we need to be looking. And be sunflowers, not S-U-N, but S-O-N, followers of the sun. Jesus is precious to believers. And lastly, and more briefly, what does the next verse tell us? Well, in verses 9 and 10, it gives us a precious truth. Believers are precious to the Father. If you're a believer tonight, you're precious to God. You're precious to God. If you're looking perhaps to look at that later on, the book of Isaiah 43 and verse 4 reminds us of that. Isaiah 43 and 4. This in a most wonderful way draws God's people together. You see that in verses 9 and 10 of the passage. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If you're a believer, you're chosen. You're selected. Chosen by the Godhead and placed in a particular place in his service. Each one of us has different gifts. But it's only when we exercise them as a collective body, serving one another, that as a whole, we come together to serve God. And what's the implication of that? It means that you're important. It means that you're important in God's work in the kingdom. Just as each stone in the building is placed to hold the building in place, if one brick was taken out, it might tumble. Each believer is important in the Father's purposes in the kingdom. It also says that we are people belonging to God. We belong to God. And that's a wonderful verse. Why do we belong to God? Because he has bought us with the blood of Christ. He has purchased us with an infinite and incomparable price. By the precious blood of Christ. And then it's, I think Romans tells us that we will become co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs. Does that verse not make you tremble? That us in our sin, us in our coldness, in our ungodliness, in our unpreciousness, are taken by God 
have our sin cast into the sea of forgetfulness and are made holy and precious in God's sight. We are heirs of Christ's inheritance, the one with whom the Father was well pleased. Our brother has taken an unprecious people and made them precious. Made them precious. I think this also helps us too when we are tempted to judge one another. Back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, the apostle tells us this. Verse 22 of chapter 1. Now that you have been purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. You see that? Love one another deeply from the heart. And it's an intense love again. It's an extensive love and an intense one. We should love all believers and all believers deeply. The brother or sister that we are tempted to stand in judgment over is covered by the same blood that we are, is atoned for by the same perfect sacrifice that we are, and is just as precious to God as we are. When we were still in our sin, we had no desire to sing God's praises. And God certainly would not have ever wanted us to be in his holy presence because of our sin. But now because of Jesus Christ, the text tells us that we are made a kingdom of priests. What does that mean? If you're a believer tonight, you're a priest. It means you've got access to the throne room. Direct access to God's throne. Direct access. God no longer sees us as defiled but rather clothed in Christ. Clothed in him. And I want to remind you of that tonight, believer. If you're toiling and weary, despairing at the state of the church, and perhaps even your own walk with God, you're precious to him. You're precious to him. If you're ever in doubt of this truth, then remember the excellencies of him. Remember Christ who died to make you a new creation, who bore your burden to Calvary, shedding tears for your soul, shedding tears for you. And remind yourself of these truths if you're ever tempted to doubt. Preach the word to yourself even. Get yourself in front of the mirror and remind yourself of what God has done for you and tell yourself. Sit in God's presence and feel his love beaming from his face and set under its rays and let it warm your heart. And as we offer prayer and praise, every thought of Christ, every devotion, every daily walk by his grace should cause him to become all the more precious to us. I mentioned the word precious quite a lot and it, it was deliberate. It was deliberate. What's the result of all this preciousness? What tells us in the text again. That you might declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I wonder if I had to ask you the question, what is the primary purpose of the church? What you might say. Some people perhaps might go to Matthew 28 and talk about evangelism. Some people might talk about meeting together or perhaps the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and baptism. 
Some might say preaching the word. And all these things are important and are commanded to be done in the church. But the text tells us here tonight. The primary purpose of the church is worship. To declare his praises. The church is all about Jesus Christ. Heaven really is all about singing God's praises for what he has done. We have been set free to worship. And what is worship? But to reflect and to meditate on the preciousness of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we can sit before God's throne in silence. And let the deep down desires in your own heart and your own life. To go up before him. And to trust that he is the one who can meet those needs. And that's worship. That's worship. To trust him. To be captivated transfixed and fascinated by Jesus Christ. That's worship. We're set free to pursue Christ. Are you pursuing him today? Are you pursuing Jesus this evening? Even as a Christian, are you pursuing Christ? So Jesus is precious to the Father. He's precious to believers. And in Christ, the believer is precious to the Father. Oh, that God in his mercy would write this precious truth on our hearts. That for all eternity, Zion's courts would ring with the voices of the vast multitudes arrayed in white. Declaring forever that Jesus Christ is precious. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we do marvel that you would send your only begotten Son. You would send the one with whom you were well pleased. You would send the one who who sat with the angels singing and declaring his praises in ceaseless adoration. That he would come and to be ill-treated to be scorned, to be rejected, to be ridiculed and to be crucified on a cross in in humiliation and shame. Yet he was the one who was precious to you. And Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is indeed made precious to believers. And Father, we pray that Christ would become ever more precious in our eyes as we seek with our whole lives to come before you to worship, to praise, and to adore you. And Father, we look forward to that day when sin will never get in the way of our praises and that we would praise Christ as we ought in heaven before his throne. But Father, in this life, help us to be a people who are surrendered completely and totally to Jesus Christ, that we would declare your praises because you have called us out of darkness and into light. And set our hearts, our hearts' attentions and love upon the precious one. Heavenly Father, captivate us by the beauty of Christ. Transfix us by who he is. That we might worship you and adore you as we ought. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close this evening by singing the hymn. The great old devotion hymn unto Christ. Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast.
but sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest. present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Saviour be glory majesty power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. 